0: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com
1: and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you.
2: Welcome to the Rust Podcast. On today's episode, we're going to be talking to CNN's Dr. Sanjay Gupta, also a very special treat for me. We'll be talking to my 92-year-old father. That's coming up. So let's get started, y'all. On the line right now, Dr. Sanjay Gupta, he's CNN's Emmy award winning chief medical correspondent and the most acclaimed podcast, coronavirus fact versus fiction. I am a huge fan. So let me start right there. And I know you get that from everybody because you give us a sense of calm whenever you come on, when I'm stressed out about information that I need, here comes Dr. Gupta. I'm going to feel better when he's done. First of all, Uh,
1: that means a lot. Thank you for saying that. And, um, not everyone's a fan. I got three teenage girls in the house just, just, you know, put a <laughs> lot of <understand>. time together.
2: <laughs> well, you know, once they hit teenage years, man, they just kind of like want to be on their own. So you just got to get, I went through that. So it took a year and a half to get my daughter back. Listen, this book couldn't have come at a better time. Uh, I just got it. So I didn't get a chance to read it because it's called Keep Sharp, Build a Better Brain at Any Age. And the reason why it's so important for me, I just recently, my father's been living with me. He's 92 years old. Um, he's been living with me for the last eight months, and he's always telling me, "Russ, I need something to stimulate my mind." And I'm sitting up yeah. here reading about your book, and I'm going like, "Oh my goodness, this this is a godsend for me." So I can't wait to dig into it. So to build a better brain okay. at any age, how do you do that?
1: Yeah. Well, well, first of all, it's fantastic with your with your father. I and I hope I really hope that you know this book sort of helps. Someone like your father helps you, you know, as well. Mm-hmm. I think there's two things that really jumped out at me. And in some ways I was just a translator of all this amazing neuroscience that's been going on for the last decade. Mm-hmm. Two things are, one is that, you know, we, you can build new brain cells throughout your entire life. Really? I think the wisdom was, yeah, the wisdom was probably when you were a kid, when I was a kid, certainly you got a certain number of brain cells that's it. Mm-hmm. And, and over, over your life, you drain the cache of brain cells. Uh, there's some things may drain it faster than others. If you drink, if you have head injuries, whatever, all those types of things. But what we've learned over the last decade, decade and a half or so is that you can build new brain cells, not wow. just when you're a baby mm-hmm. building your brain, but throughout your entire life, even for your father, who's 92 years old. And the second thing is that we've come up with, with all these, New, new things that we've proven can actually make that happen to stimulate your your brain to actually build these new brain cells. And that's what's, what's pretty remarkable. So your dad is, is absolutely right. Stimulating activity. But I think the question has been, and this was a surprise, what, right? What, like rules and sword puzzles and word and number puzzles and things like that. Those are great. Sort of making the areas of your brain that you use a lot already work even better. That's great. Hmm. But if you want to actually use parts of your brain that most of your life you've not really used, you've got to do different things. And it doesn't have to be like you got to go like, learn a brand new language all of a sudden. I, <laughs> this one neuroscientist said to me, it could be as simple as tonight. You tell your dad this. Tonight, when you're eating dinner, if he's right-handed, mm-hmm. try, eating, try eating most of his meal using his left hand instead. Mm-hmm. Just use your non-dominant hand. Gotcha. What is happening there? You're starting to recruit areas of your brain that you just haven't used that much. And when you, you're like building new roads in your brain. And when you do that, first of all, it's, it's, it's fun uh-huh. and it's joyous and you feel happy doing it because you just see things a little differently. Second of all, let's say you know, he's having problems you know, with, with certain areas that, of the brain that he's used a lot throughout uh-huh. his life. He's gotten that, now he has new roads that he can bypass the roads that have maybe, you know, become blocked or need construction. Mm-hmm. He can use these new roads that he's built to get to his destination within his brain. I'm using these as metaphors, obviously, right. but, but that, that really struck me. It's like the heart, if you get a blood vessel in your heart that's blocked, that's a problem. You can have a heart attack. Mm-hmm. But if you have four other blood vessels that can still get the blood to where it needs to go, that's really beneficial. You can start to think of neural pathways in the brain the same way, mm-hmm. and you can think about it that way at any age. So
2: this is, this is fascinating to me because, yes, we were taught that uh, you lose your brain cells as you get older. You know, my father has a tendency to start repeating stories over and over again, but he's pretty sharp for a 92-year-old guy. Are there supplements yeah. and vitamins and things like that that can help get that super brain?
1: You know, I, I, um, I talk a lot about that in the book and I, I, I think that these supplements um, are, are great if you have a specific deficiency, mm-hmm. um, like a vitamin D deficiency or something like that. But the idea of taking those as some sort of um, brain, you know, supercharger, I think is, is probably overblown. I know mm-hmm. people don't like to hear that, but mm-hmm. I, I, I'd say save your money on that. If there are certain foods, for example... The food that I think sort of rose to the top of the list, and and trust me, this is after a year of like looking at all these compounds, Mm -hmm. trying to understand not only the compounds, but how do they actually work in the body? Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you two things. Simply, berries kind of rose to the top of the list, really any kind of berries. Mm -hmm. Why? Because they're very good at crossing the blood-brain barrier, and they're very good at uh, decreasing inflammation in the brain once they get there. Mm -hmm. I I thought that was pretty remarkable sort of data behind that. Mm And the other thing, and this is more less about food, but they found that just simple movement is really critical uh, for for releasing a process that builds these new brain cells. And it was moderate movement, not as much intense movement. You know, I'm writing uh, all this stuff. You, you know, know, I'm writing all this cells. stuff
2: down. I'm- <laughs> but I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna go through the book. I'm gonna highlight everything. You know, one thing I got to ask you: a lot of elderly people are on lots of different medications. Do you yeah. take into account that the medications could be causing some decline also?
1: Yes, very much so. And and again, some of this surprised me. There's common medications out there um, that actually do the exact opposite thing of what medications to try and r- slow down the, the, the uh, rate of dementia. hmm they do the exact opposite thing of what those medications do. So you're kind of torpedoing yourself by mm. taking some of these over-the-counter medications. And I, again, I, I, I didn't know this. This wow. is, you know, I'm being very humble here. And, and I'm a neurosurgeon, mm. but even despite my my education in this area, there were things about this that surprised me. And you know, it, it's in the books. So I won't I won't tell you too much. But basically, you know, medications um, like even Tylenol PM, Benadryl, things like that can block certain neurotransmitters in the brain. We mm. know they can make you sleepy, they can do things like that, but I always thought that was gonna be short-term impact, and you know, you sort of recovered from that and it was okay. Mm-hmm. They can have much longer impact on overall neurochemical transmission in the brain. What about so melatonin certain, and things
2: like that that a lot of elderly people take? Um,
1: melatonin, the, melatonin wasn't as bad okay. um, You know, as, as the things that were actually these acetylcholine inhibitors. Mm-hmm. Um, Again, I I know it's a lot to absorb first thing in the morning, but I made a list of of these medications and and explained going through why some could potentially be problematic. Sleep is is critically important. Rest is critically important. Sometimes you need help to get there, even in the form of melatonin that can be okay. It's a little bit of a risk reward proposition, right? but there, there are others that I think are just riskier, far riskier than the reward that they provide.
2: All right. Listen, I'll be remiss in my duty. Um, and we're talking to Dr. Sanjay Gupta new book, keep sharp, build a better brain at any age. As soon as uh, we're done talking here, I'm going to uh, get it on my phone because I, I got to read this because it's going to be beneficial. And actually it, it, it helps me Thank also. You. Um, I would be remiss of my duty if I did not ask you a couple of questions, and then I'm going to let you go because I know you got a ton of people to talk to. Um, yeah. COVID, the, the, the new variants, um, yeah. the, the whole nine. I just took the, the Moderna shot the other day. I got the first dose. Yeah. The concern that I have is I think that everybody, and I'm, I'm a strong proponent of getting this shot. The concern that I have is, will this new variant? I, I know I've seen you on TV on CNN all the time saying we get a certain amount of protection from these uh, these vaccines that we are taking, but I am concerned that are we going to have to go back and get a booster? Is that is that in the cards?
1: Well, uh, it, it, it is possible that kind of like the flu shot that you get every year, that this may turn into a thing where either we need to get it, you know, with some degree of regularity or or a booster like you mentioned, Mm -hmm. but I have to tell you, you know, and I I, I've been so head down on COVID for the last year. You know, I I look at every piece of data that comes up. I'm I'm probably too, too, too into it, to be honest, but nevertheless, when you look at the the clinical trials on these vaccines, 75,000 people received a vaccine in these clinical trials. Okay. And I'm talking trials that took place in South Africa, where Mm -hmm. one of these variants in Brazil, where one of these variants comes from the UK, another variant. What you find is that nobody and I'm not exaggerating here, nobody died mm. to receive the vaccine in these clinical trials, even when they took into account the variants. So what, what is it that you hope for out of the vaccine when you took the Moderna vaccine? You hope that you're not going to get sick. Right. You hope that you're not going to need to be hospitalized and obviously hope that, God forbid, you don't, you don't die. Mm-hmm. There. And it's not a and cure because there's,
2: there's so many people out there that just get so much wrong information. It's not a cure. We get that. What we're trying to do is to it's keep you uh, from, from getting sick keep you from dying. That's the whole point. I want to, I want to, if you're not going to take the shot, I'm going to take it for you. Because I know in some some instances, like some of these vaccines will help you keep you from spreading. Uh, But I'm still, it's still important that we double mask guys, wash our hands and the whole nine. Uh, uh, Dr. Sanjay, I just want to tell you, first of all, it's just an honor talking to you. I think that um, you provide such a tremendous public service and, um, Having not read this book, I'm still going to recommend it highly because I, I just can't see you just coming up with some conspiracy theories and throwing it in a book. <laughs> keep, keep sharp. Build a better brain at any age. Um, again, thank you so much for, for the uh, contributions to all of our health. And and I, I just think that you're, you're a godsend for all of us. I recommend everybody get this book. Uh, Dr. Gupta, thank, thank you, you. Thank you. Thank you so much for calling.
1: Appreciate the conversation. Absolutely. Anytime.
2: All right. Take care now. Dr. Sanjay Gupta. Well, coming up next, he's my dad. Well, dad, I got to do a special introduction to you. So this is, this is how, we, how we do it, okay? <clears throat> well, after talking to Dr. Sanjay Gupta and he was telling me about his new book and what to do for the brain, even for the elderly, I thought, well, why don't we get somebody that I know that's somewhat elderly, but he's 92 years old. His name is Thomas Parr III, and he happens to be my father. Hey, Dad. How you doing, Russ? <laughs> are, you, are you sure? Uh, you are my father, right? I mean just, just make sure. I know your mother. <laughs> 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 well, first of all, I just want to say that um, I've never done this before, so this is going to be kind of uh, different for me. Now, you're 92 years old. You were born where? Baltimore, Maryland. Baltimore. Baltimore. That's the correct way to say it? Baltimore Maryland. not not Baltimore oh no, I know Baltimore
0: <laughs> right <laughs> They took all that stuff out of me
2: right <laughs> and uh, you went to college at uh, Morgan State right right okay you wanted to go to the University of Maryland right nope you didn't couldn't couldn't at that time it's it was segregated right and that was back what in the uh, 50s oh yeah
0: would be your 50s yeah. okay
2: you were born in 1929 right so just to give some perspective Um. But I, I knew you couldn't go to University of Maryland, so you went to Morgan State. Morgan State, yeah. And Morgan State was, it's a black college? It's a black college. Uh, what was interesting about Morgan State?
0: Well, you know, it was interesting. Uh, back in those days, they said they had to give you equal education. Right. And so uh, what our guys that they had 32 PhDs in the world, mm-hmm. black PhDs. Mm-hmm. And so they, we, at Morgan, we had 16 of them
2: as your instructors
0: as my instructors. Wow. Man, we got a quality education. That's awesome. Daddy.
2: And of course, uh, you took your education and, uh, what did you, what'd you major in? Chemistry. Chemistry. And you are considered a scientist, correct? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, my dad is, uh, he wound up joining the air force just to uh, give some background And became an officer in the Air Force. Right. And you worked with uh, chemical engineering, right? Is that what you did? At at, at, the beginning of it, you you were working with chemicals. No, I was working with chemicals when I was uh,
0: right after college. Oh, right after college.
2: Yeah. Okay, so was it chemical warfare weapons and things like that? Army Chemical Center. Really? Uh, Okay. You worked on stuff how to kill people. Mm, wow, that's that's amazing. See, the, one of the things was my dad used to always go on T D Y, and he'd come back, and that was like temporary duty, and you could never tell us why, you know. And I guess those are like kind of like somewhat secret missions, right? Yeah. And I, I remember I used to sit and listen to you learning a foreign language. Remember, comment allez-vous aujourd'hui?
0: Je vais bien, et toi?
2: Yes, he used to play these records over and over again because I guess you had to use it for an upcoming mission. You know, to know that language, where you were going to be. No,
0: we had to teach uh, the French guys how to fly that airplane.
2: Oh, okay. So you were actually a navigator also in the right. Air Force. Right. So basically, navigators do what on on, air, on planes? You know where you're going all the time. All right, so you'd always tell the guys where they're going. Turn right or turn left. Right. <laughs> now, I know you did a couple of, uh, you used to fly over Vietnam often. Mm-hmm. Um, you, is it okay to tell the story about, Like back in those days, they always gave one person a weapon. Yeah. Is it okay to do that? Oh, yeah. Okay. You're 92. So, hey, what are they going to do to you? That's right. (laughs) So they used to give one guy on the aircraft a weapon, right? Yeah. Why? Why did they do that? Because we had uh, super classified stuff on airplane, Mm -hmm.
0: cryptographic, they call it. Right. And uh, I had the gun, so I got to shoot those guys. In <laughs> of
2: so you're the only black guy on the plane, and they gave you the gun? Yeah. <laughs> and you're from Baltimore? Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> See, that was a recipe for disaster. I tell because you. there was a, you know, I watched the discrimination and the racism and the stuff that you went through when you were in the Air Force. Mm-hmm. I remember uh, we you were stationed on Guam, and you right. said, watch this, Russ. And we walked down the street. And the white troops wouldn't salute you. See, they're supposed to salute an officer, you know. Mm-hmm. The white troops wouldn't salute you. And what shocked me was the black troops didn't salute you. That was mind-blowing. It was kind of interesting.
0: Mm-hmm. On the on whites, I understood, strictly prejudice. Mm-hmm. But on the, black, the blacks, they were kind of jealous.
2: Right.
0: How could that guy get
2: up that high? That's crazy. You've been through so many different things. I actually... Drew, some of your experiences to write some of my feature films. I, oh, yeah. uh, one of my films, uh, The Last Stand, we did this joke about the paper bag test, <laughs> where, uh, because they treated fair-skinned black folks a little differently than the darker complexion, mm-hmm. and I did, a, you know, I did a little spoof of that in the movie, but that was real for you, right?
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It started in the Baltimore uh, High School. Mm-hmm. They, the teachers used to arrange us according to color. Wow. I'm serious. Okay. And uh, if you, uh, or you can sit up front, if you don't have the right color, your doctor, your dad had to be a doctor or a lawyer.
2: Really? Yeah. And, and so the darker you were, you had to sit further back in the classroom. That's, that's right. So you just kind of landed right in the middle somewhere, right? Yeah, just about. I, I can remember one of the touching moments when I, I first uh, realized my name, because for so many years, dad... I I thought my first name was Dumb and my last name was Motherfucker. Because my dad, where's that dumb motherfucker? (laughs) (laughs) And I I still call him that. (laughs) Well, it's better than what you call my brother, who was a a dumb son of a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) I left that up to you. (laughs) (laughs) No, no. one thing about my dad is like, profanity is in our house. I mean... We could hear some cussing. Usually on Saturday nights, my mom used to cuss you out. But... uh, (laughs) Stop talking about her like that. Okay, I'm not going to say anymore. But you know, uh, one of the things that I found interesting is is coming up and being that we're in the Air Force, you're always traveling. Mm -hmm. So you never really got close to people. That's right. You know, because... And you didn't want to get close to the person down the street because you could get shipped out any day. That's right. So I guess that kind of made me appreciate friends that I do have, and but I don't miss the ones that I don't have. Does that make sense?
0: Yes, but you know what's, uh, uh, what's interesting? Your sister had a pen pal.
2: Right. So wherever she goes, she had that
0: person right. to write to, and that was Joyce.
2: Yeah, our, cousin, our first cousin, Joyce, who was just such a sweetheart. Oh, yeah. uh, um, and th- they were close. Uh, my sister passed a couple of years ago, and that was really rough on us. That was your only daughter yeah and but and pal yeah but you but joyce kind of like she's she's now my
0: daughter she replaced my daughter right
2: but you know because they were just alike yeah just alike and and that was a beautiful thing of course i have an older i'm the baby of the family i have an older brother his name is rodney who uh used to just torture me whenever he could uh i i remember um one of the things that made me respect my brother so much, and I, I didn't realize it until later because I was going through it, I remember when my mom died, mm-hmm. and Rodney was in boot camp in the Marines, That's right, Camp Pendleton.
0: Now you know why I called him a dumb son of a bitch. Why? <laughs> I said, you joined the Marines, and you saw how easy I had it for 20 years. Because you were in the Air Force. Yeah, yeah.
2: So to continue this story, uh, Rodney was very close to my mom, and when she passed, he was right in the middle of boot camp. Now, if you're a Marine, you know how difficult the Marine boot camp is. He could only come back for a few days. Did you know that? You remember that, Daddy? Because we were all so caught up in the morning. That that was what they call a uh, death leap. Only a couple of days, and then you had to go right
0: back into that well the thing was it didn't give you a chance to think about it wow you know yeah it's, it's uh if you thought about it for a long while you might not think about going back
2: right that was that was rough i thought that was courageous because i was able to mourn with my sister my dad and 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 people in in our community but uh my brother had to go right back into that and that'll affect you you know it does, it does. It, it'll affect you but i mean I, Thank God he, he's doing good, but you know those are things. Those are the kind of things in your life that changes you. But let's get back to you for a second because one of the things that uh, my dad loves playing golf, and he is an excellent golfer. But one of the things that you taught me, and I think you learned it by listening to people, especially on the golf course. You know, you were always that that one or two black dudes that were like in that foursome, and you listen to those white guys talking about trading stocks and all that stuff, and buying property. And so what does my dad do? Starts buying property. He starts trading stocks. And you taught me. You gave me some foundation. That's what we should do. We should invest. These folks have been doing it for a long time. That's true. And we didn't know it. That's true.
0: But it was interesting because they would go over their stock holdings, Mm -hmm. and uh, I would pretend like I wasn't listening. Right. And I can remember going, I was in Springfield, Mass. Mm. I can remember buying my first stock in Springfield.
2: Really? Yeah. And um, my dad retired at the age of 50. Yeah. At the age of 50, which is unheard of because of your investments. So a lot of people thought, man, the the PARs have money. Russ, you you rich. I'm like, "Uh, no, my dad has money. (laughs) 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 I don't have nothing (laughs) because... You know, one of the things is, like, you could have, like, just, all right, here, son, have $20 whenever you want. You never did that. I made him work for it when he was first in college. I let him
0: manage a couple of my apartments. And he, he was short one time, and I got him. <laughs> but he never was short but once.
2: All right, so let's go back from college when I was in college. Let's go back because it was rough for me in college, but you did that on purpose. But I can go back to when me and Rodney were small, is if we wanted anything, a quarter or a dollar, we had to work for it. We never got handouts. There were no freebies.
0: That's true, and that's the only way you should train your kids. You can make kids helpless by being too loving.
2: So what do you you mean by that, Daddy?
0: Uh, Sometimes you're so lovable with them that uh, what happens, you tend to spoil them too much. And they don't have any real basis on how to face the world. So I kind of felt like that's the way I wanted them to raise, And they were good.
2: They were sharp. They being my brother, my sister, and me. (laughs) Wow. Well, it wasn't a matter of like loving. I think it was just like you were trying to give me, teach me the work ethic. Because dad would come outside and he had this big old car. And he'd wax one little circle. And we're talking to Thomas Parr, my father. One little circle. And he'd put five coats of wax on that, on that car. I think it was a big old Buick. And then he'd walk away. he said, I want the rest of the car to look just like that. <laughs> my father did that to me, too. <laughs> <laughs> and me and Rodney, we were so pissed. And back in those days, we had a football field in the backyard. And we had one of those, like, push lawnmowers. We had to go out there. Everybody had a gas one. Now nah, my dad was cheap. not You weren't gonna get a gas one. You no, know, that one out there. That that one works out there. You guys go out to your lazy son of bitches. <laughs> we were like, "Fuck it. We don't need that dollar that bad." <laughs> That's the only way you're gonna get it. I trained them well. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, Daddy, you uh, retired from the Air Force.
0: Tell the truth about why I'm retired.
2: You want to tell the truth? Oh yeah. Go ahead.
0: I retired uh, because uh, I was what they call a fast burner. And I was a lieutenant colonel when it was about 16 years in the service. Mm-hmm. And then uh, uh, they called me in one day and says, Hey, man, you didn't make your promotion. Well, I wasn't eligible for two
2: years. Right. And I said, Oh, oh, I'm out of here. Yeah, so that, they tipped you off. Oh, yeah. Like two years from now. You were eligible to get a promotion in two years, but they were telling you two years in advance.
0: No, Russ. They, I had made the promotion.
2: Oh. And they had
0: redlined me. Because what they told me was you didn't make your promotion,
2: hmm, so redlining is that that's what they did to a lot of yeah. the black troops?
0: Yeah, if you, uh, uh, if you beat your wife or have a couple of drinks, yeah, they, that would be something for them saying you can't handle yourself.
2: Wow, so basically they redlined you. yeah see, one thing I will say is my, my father has a master's degree. Um, you were a straight A student pretty much. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they, you're actually absolutely brilliant, but there was a lot of racism in the armed forces. Mm-hmm. Still is for that fact. And you had to endure that and to get it from both ends, which is, you know, we're kind of circling back around, but to get it from both ends from our own people and the white people, mm-hmm. it was tough.
0: Oh, it was, you know, it was, but you got, you got to live with it and you learn how to read people. Right. You know, I can walk in
2: a room and read the whole room. mm mm You know, uh, you went and got the COVID shot uh, a couple of weeks ago. And my dad's 92. And I know a lot of you are saying, oh, I'm not taking it and this and that and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, my dad was around for the Tuskegee experiment and all these other things. That didn't come into your mind when you said, I, I want to get a shot.
0: No, the chemists came in mind. If they got a shot... I know it's well, well, uh, well researched, mm-hmm.
2: and so being a chemist, I says,
0: hey, that has to be good,
2: right, right. And but, but, a lot of people are thinking like, well, they're going to give us something different, you know, and that—that's the whole fear thing because of what, what happened with Tuskegee and 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 women being made sterile and, and taking cells out of people's bodies, using us as lab rats, mm-hmm. you know. But you being a scientist. You know, I went on your recommendation, you know, because after you started looking at it and and listening to all the scientists, you're like, okay, they they know what they're doing. And it's so wonderful that there was a sister that headed up, you know, the Moderna project, Mm -hmm. you know, and and pretty much gave us a pathway uh, to try to fight our way out of this COVID pandemic. But, Daddy, I you know, I, I wanted to to have you on because um, Dr. Sanjay Gupta was telling me all these different things to do with you to, to keep you sharp. But everybody that's listening can tell, but my dad is very sharp because he knows how to get angry and call me a dumb motherfucker. I don't,
0: I don't do that. You don't? No. I don't remember. <laughs> motherfucker.
2: <laughs> Daddy. <laughs> all our relatives are listening to you. They're going, gosh, he's still an ass okay (laughs) you know i love you you're the uh you're my best friend thank you and um you know i i I love that you're you're living with me and and it's an honor to be able to take care of you
0: thank you i really enjoyed it yeah
2: absolutely all right his name is thomas parr the third he happens to be my father and no i he didn't call me a dumb motherfucker all the time just most of the time thanks daddy okay well, that was a first for me, interviewing my father. I've never done that. I thought I would honor him by ranting about Black History Month. So it's about that time. Let's do it. Ladies and gentlemen, mm. I got to tell what I feel. Why even have Black History Month? I don't get it. I was talking to a young head the other day, and we were discussing Black History Month. At least I was. He didn't have a clue. It was, it was frustrating. His ignorance was just beyond the pale. He didn't know our history. Didn't want to know. That's what I got from that conversation. He doesn't know the values of the sacrifices that people before us have made. Like my father. All the discrimination and the racism he went through when he was in the armed forces. But you know whose fault that is? It's our fault. We've allowed these young heads to not value the sacrifices. Sacrifice to them is not being able to get the latest Jordans or the PlayStation. That, that's a sacrifice. I dare you. Ask a young head about Martin Luther King Jr. Some of them will tell you, yeah, that's the street in my, in my neighborhood. That's crazy to me. You think the influx of white supremacy that we've been seeing on TV and the racism would be enough for them to want to know more, to understand that the people before them Died and fought in the 40s and 50s and 60s so you can be afforded some of the freedoms that you have. It's a selfish generation of entitled young heads that lack motivation. They think the only option is, is rapping or running a 4340. Now, this is applicable to some of these young heads because some of them are up on it. But no more excuses. Well, they didn't teach us that in school. We have Google. There's no drive to give yourself options. The materialism is just prominent. It's what you have that defines you as opposed to where you came from. College has become a non-option for many of these young brothers. They're begging you, black men, to come to college. Your sister's outnumbering you on campus. No more excuses. But it's our fault. We dropped the ball. We failed to instill integrity and the values that make us the strong people that we are. We need to take the time to appreciate those who sacrificed for us. It just hurts me to the core that you don't want to take the time to know who you are. It's beyond pathetic. So why even have Black History Month? That's my rant. Stay Thanks for listening to the Russ Podcast. Make sure you subscribe and give us a rating and let everyone in your circle know about the Russ podcast. We'll be a dropping Russ's rants occasionally, so make sure you check that out. And a new episode each week. Check me out during the weekday mornings on the Russ Parr Morning Show syndicated nationally. Make sure you follow us on all socials at Russ Parr Show. Thanks again, y'all.